I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down. Today we're looking at Chapter 4 of Twilight, titled Invitations. I'm your host, Nathan. Let's get into it. Okay, so as I said, chapter four is titled Invitations. My theory from last week was completely wrong. It's not about vampires needing to be invited into the house. It's actually just people inviting her to a school dance. (laughs) Way off. (laughs) So where we left last chapter, she's dreaming of Edward Cullen for the first time. And so now she says, in my dream, it was very dark and what dim light there was seemed to be radiating from Edward's skin. Interesting, but also not really. So she says, I couldn't see his face, just his back as he walked away from me, leaving me in the blackness. No matter how fast I ran, I couldn't catch up to him. No matter how loud I called, he never turned. (laughs) Now, like, isn't that like a dark metaphor for her relationship right now? Or lack of a relationship with Edward? Because clearly, who doesn't want a bar of her? Does not want a bar of her. And so she's troubled and she wakes up in the middle of the night and can't sleep. And she says after that night, Edward was in her dreams nearly every night, but always on the periphery, never within reach. The month that followed the accident was uneasy, tense, and at first embarrassing. So we've just skipped over a whole month, which is fantastic news because remember that that first day and that first week at school, we were getting the play-by-play of went to this class, went to this class, got in the car, turned the heater on, turned the heater off. Like, thank God we're just saying nothing happened for a month, skipping right through it. Thank you, Stephanie. More of that, please. And she says, to my dismay, I found myself the center of attention for the rest of that week. So I was wrong. We do, we do go back to that week after the accident for a little bit. Um, she says, Tyler was impossible following her around. I'm just obsessed with apologizing and making it up to her. When really, I, at this point, I'm I'm with Bella. I'm saying like, just leave her alone. Like she didn't she didn't get that hurt. She bumped her head. You're the one that got hurt. Move on. But Tyler's following her around in between classes, and Mike and Chess Chess Club Eric are even less friendly towards him than they were to each other. So now she's worried that she's got three super fans trying to get her attention. So she wonders why no one was actually that concerned with Edward and why no one was wondering how he got from standing so far away and then being right next to her during the car crash incident. And she thinks, no one else watched him the way I did. How pitiful. Agreed. It's pitiful. 
She says Edward was never surrounded by crowds of curious bystanders. People avoided him as usual. The Cullens and the Hales sat at the same table as always, not eating, talking only among themselves. Why is it that no one actually goes up and talks to them? Like, it's, I know they're weird, but Bella's weird and people are being nice to her. Like, I don't know. I feel like if I went to Forks High, I'd I'd every now and then be like, hey guys, (laughs) what's up? And like, especially like if Edward's so good at biology, in biology class, I'd be like, hey Edward, what'd you get for question number five? Like, let's be friends. Why? Is it just because they're intimidated by how attractive they are? I don't get it. And so she pretty much says Edward's still ignoring her. Um, it's only every now and then in class that he's, he, he makes fists and the skin stretches even wider over the bones. <laughs> God, she's obsessed with Edward's hands. So Edward's still ignoring her, um, and she says he wished he hadn't pulled me from the path of Tyler's van. There was no other conclusion I could come to. And he pretty much said that at the hospital last chapter. He pretty much said that he regretted it. So she's drawing conclusions from what he's actually said. And we're doing a bit of time jumping here. Um, She actually says, now we go back to the day after the accident, and she says that she was in biology and she did try to speak to Edward. And she's like, hello, Edward. And he just turned his head a fraction towards her, didn't look in her eyes and just nodded once and then looked the other way. And that was it. So, so we started this chapter that night. Then we said nothing happened for a month. Then we were back to the week after the accident. And then we went even further back in time to the day, uh, the day after the accident. And now we're going back into the present, which is now a month after the accident. I I feel like I'm watching season four of Lost when they did the time travel stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm getting pretty lost here. So she says she hasn't had contact with him, uh, even though she sits next to him every day. And sometimes she just watches him from a distance, like in the cafeteria or the parking lot. And she watched as his golden eyes grew perceptibly darker day by day. <laughs> so she's saying she's watching him from a distance, but she can still notice his eyes <laughs> and his eye color. <laughs> she's so perceptive. But she says she's miserable and the dreams continued. She says, despite my outright lies, the tenor of my emails alerted Renee to my depression and she called me a few times worried. (laughs) So remember when last chapter she said she hates lying and she's a terrible liar? (laughs) Now she's fine with it. She's like, yeah, I lie to my mom. I say I'm fine. And also she says she's depressed. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and say she's depressed because of you know, moving to a new town and all that stuff. But is she just depressed because Edward's not giving her attention? Like, that's so sad. So all the kids start talking about a dance that's coming up at school. And it's one where the girls have to ask the boy out. Great. And so Jessica calls Bella to ask her permission to invite Mike. So Jessica's saying, like, I know Mike's your property, but can I invite him? Weird. What is this politics? She just, Bella's never liked Mike. I mean, it's obvious that Mike likes Bella and Jessica likes Mike. Like, there's a little bit of a triangle there. But, like, just do it, Jessica. You're not that close with Bella. And she says, no, Jess, I'm not going. You ask him out. And she says, dancing was glaringly outside my range of abilities. (sighs) And Jessica says, it will be really fun. And Bella says, her attempt to convince me was half-hearted. I suspected that Jessica enjoyed my inexplicable popularity more than my actual company. Which doesn't seem fair on Jessica in this point in time. Um, because Jessica's been her friend since day dot. Like, 
She's been nice enough to Bella. And now Bella's popular, but she was always pretty popular for some reason. That doesn't make sense. But then the next day, Jessica's all moody, intrigued, and in Spanish. Um, and she's silent and not talkative. And so Bella's thinking, hmm, I wonder if Mike turned her down. Um, but she doesn't want to ask her because she's too afraid to ask her for some reason. So then we get to biology and Mike asks Bella um, to go out to the dance. He's like, yeah, Jessica asked me to the spring dance. And Bella's like, that's great. You'll have a lot of fun. And he's like, well, um, I told her I had to think about it. And she's like, oh God, why would you do that? And he's like, well, obviously I was hoping that you would ask me. And then she's just more worried that the fact that Edward's eavesdropping at the table. And she says, I saw from the corner of my eye, Edward's head, head tilt reflexively in my direction. <laughs> she, she clocks every single move of Edward's. She's pretending that she's ignoring him, but she clocks every single little thing. And Bella's like, no, Mike, you should tell Jessica. Yes. And so Bella just says, oh, I'm not actually going to the dance at all. I'm going to Seattle that Saturday because she needed to get out of town and this was a good excuse. And she says, I didn't want to get into the safety hazards that dancing presented, so I quickly made new plans. (laughs) What safety hazards will dancing present? Like, we know she's clumsy. We know she's not balanced. But can you really fall over while doing the nut bush? What safety hazards are there? She just got hit by a van, but now she's more worried about the Macarena. Fucking Bella. So she knocks Mike back and she says, you shouldn't make Jess wait any longer. It's rude. (laughs) Nice to share your opinion so bluntly, Bella. And he's like, yeah, you're right. And he walks off. And so she closes her eyes and presses her fingers against her temples to push the guilt out of her head. (laughs) She sighs and opens her eyes and notices Edward staring at her curiously with that same familiar edge of frustration, even more distinct now in his black eyes. (laughs) She's obsessed with his eyes. And also, how do you see frustration? An edge of frustration in eyes. Like for me, frustration's a furrowed brow. It's a bit of a scowl. And so then they maintain intense eye contact until the teacher calls out Edward's name and asks him a question. And then she looks back down at a book once his eyes are released. And cowardly as ever, she shifts her hair over her right shoulder to hide her face. The old hair curtain trick that she's done before, it seems to work for her. And she says, I couldn't believe the rush of emotion pushing through me just because he'd happened to look at me for the first time in half a dozen weeks. So half a dozen weeks, it's been six weeks. It's not been a month. It's been a month and a half. God, the timeline on this, I'm just like, whoa. But thankfully, Bella's like self-aware. She says, I couldn't allow him to have this level of influence over me. It was pathetic. More than pathetic, it was unhealthy. Yes, honey. Yes. More of that, please. So the bell rings and he says, Bella. And she says, his voice shouldn't have been so familiar to me as if I'd known the sound of it all my life rather than just for a few short weeks. (laughs) And she's like, what? Are you speaking to me again? And, and then his lips twitch, fighting a smile. And he says, no, not really. And then she's like, well, what do you want, Edward? Keeping her eyes closed because she doesn't want to look at him and be swayed by his perfect face. <laughs> what a great little <laughs> tactic there. And he says, I'm sorry, I'm being very rude. I know, but it's better this way, really. And then she opens her eyes and his face is very serious. <laughs> she says, I don't know what you mean. And he says, it's better if we're not friends. Trust me. And she, she says, I've heard that before. 
<laughs> like, when has she heard that? This is the first little hint we've got that Bella's dated people in the past. It's a bit interesting. And then she says, it's too bad you didn't figure that out earlier. You could have saved yourself all this regret. And he's like, regret? Regret for what? And she's like, for not letting that stupid van squish me. And then he's astonished and staring at her in disbelief. And he's like, you think I regret saving your life? And she's like, I know you do. And he's like, you don't know anything. But like, also, he pretty much said at last chapter, he said, you know what? I'm going to go back to the chapter because I got receipts. Okay, so pretty much what he said last chapter in the hospital when she asks, why did you even bother? And he's like, I don't know. And then he turns and walks away. So he didn't really say he regretted it. That's probably me reading into it a bit too much. Okay, I'm, I'm, in, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. He doesn't regret it. But he doesn't know why he bothered. So, hmm. Hmm. Okay. All right, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. So then they have that little argument and she turns her head sharply away from him um, and she gathers her books, stands up and walks towards the door. She says she meant to, (laughs) she says, I meant to sweep dramatically out of the room, but of course I caught the toe of my boot on the door jam and dropped my books. (laughs) She is clumsy. (laughs) I give a shit, but she, she backs it up. She is very clumsy. And then she goes to Jim. Jim was brutal. They've moved on to basketball. Thank God. Um, Her team never passes her the ball, so that's good. But I fell down a lot, she says. (laughs) Sometimes I took people with me. How? (laughs) You're nowhere near the ball. How are you falling? Like, it's... (laughs) There's 10 people on a court. Just keep your distance. Social distance on the court. And then you won't run into these problems. Like, how are you falling down in basketball when you're not playing? She's useless. So then school's over, so she runs to the truck. Apparently the truck only suffered minimal damage in the accident. She'd only had to replace the taillights and she would have touched up the paint, but she can't be bothered. But then she says she almost had a stroke when she rounded the corner and saw a tall, dark figure leaning against the side of a truck. And then she's like, oh, it's just Eric. (laughs) Like she could tell she thought it was going to be Edmund. She got her hopes up and then she was like, oh, it's just chess club, Eric. (laughs) And so then... She's like, oh, hey, Eric. And he's like, hi, Bella. And she's like, yeah, what's up? She says she wasn't paying attention to the uncomfortable edge in his voice, even though she's narrating that there's an uncomfortable edge. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, hey, um, I was just wondering if you would go to the spring dance with me. Oh, no, his voice broke on that last word. So uh, I was just wondering if you would go to the spring dance with me. (laughs) And she's like, I thought it was girl's choice. And he's like, well, yeah, but, and she's like, okay, look, thanks for asking me, but I'm actually going to be in Seattle. He's like, well, maybe next time. She's like, yeah, sure. Um, But she didn't want him to take that too literally. (laughs) So he slouched off back towards the school and she heard a low chuckle. So Edward was walking past the front of his truck um, with his lips pressed together, but apparently chuckling. And so she, she yanks the door open, jumps inside, slams the door loudly. We're back to describing getting into cars. She goes to pull out, but Edward's car's in front of hers. So he's in his car. He was quick and it's cut him off. So she's there waiting in the car park for Edward to move on so she can drive out. And his family are getting in. And she says, I considered taking out the rear of his shiny Volvo, but there were too many witnesses. (laughs) So she said before that there's a danger of her running people over, but now she really wants to gun people down on purpose. (laughs) Psycho. 
So then a line begins to form behind her and directly behind her, there's Tyler in his new car and he's waving and she just doesn't even acknowledge him. So then she's sitting there looking everywhere, but at the car in front of her and she hears a knock on her passenger window and there there's Tyler. So I guess Tyler got out of his vehicle, walked around. So then she leaned across the cab to crank the window down. It was stiff. It got halfway down. Then, then she gave up. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I do kind of love how old this truck is. That's a great source of comedy. And she's like, oh, sorry, Tyler. I'm stuck behind Cullen. I love how she's calling him by his last name as well. And he's like, yeah, I know. I just wanted to ask you something while we're trapped here. And she's like, oh, no. This can't be happening. And he's like, well, you asked me to the spring dance. And she's like, I'm not going to be in town for the last time. And he's like, oh yeah, you know what? Mike did mention that. And then she's like, well, if you knew, if you, then she's annoyed. She's like, if you knew I was going to be out of town, why ask? And, and he's like, yeah, I was just hoping you were letting him down easily. And she's like, oh, fuck Tyler. And he's like, don't worry. We still got prom. Mm. If I have to, I don't remember if prom happens in this book, but if I have to sit through this again for prom, I'm not going to be happy. So then she looks forward and she sees the Cullens getting into the Volvo. And in the rearview mirror, Edward's eyes were on her. He was unquestionably shaking with laughter as if he'd heard every word Tyler had said. <laughs> like apparently Edward's always laughing and chuckling to himself and shaking with laughter. That doesn't match with the Edward in my head. Like, does he seem like a laughy person to you guys? He just, he doesn't seem like a, a, a chuckles boy. That's just what I'm thinking. Doesn't seem like a chucklehead. So she revs the engine. She considers running into him again, but then she's like, oh, all right. And so they drive off. She drives off. She's got to go home and make enchiladas. So while she's making enchiladas, she's simmering the onions and the chilies and the phone rings and she's afraid to answer it, but she does. And it's Jessica. And Jessica's so happy because Mike caught her off guard after school and accepted her invitation. And so Bella's like, yeah, that's great. 
then Jessica's like, I've got to go call Angela, Angela and Lauren to tell them. Oh God, thank God we've got texting now because imagine having to call up all your gals just to be like Mike, basic ass Mike Newton asked me to the dance. Group text, much more efficient. None of this calling a landline business. Thank God we're in 2020. And so then she's like, well, maybe Angela could ask Eric and then maybe Tyler could ask Lauren. So she's just playing matchmaker. She's a little Dolly Levi, just setting everyone up at Forks. Good for her. And she says, after I hung up, I tried to concentrate on dinner, dicing the chicken especially. I didn't want to take another trip to the emergency room. (laughs) She's just always ready to have an accident. And she's just turning over Edward's words today. Her stomach's twisted as she realized what he must have meant. He must now see how absorbed she is by him. He must not want to lead me on so we couldn't even be friends because he wasn't interested in me at all. Of course he wasn't interested in me, she thinks angrily, her eyes stinging. A delayed reaction to the onions. (laughs) It's like, no, Bella, that's not... Bella, who are you trying to kid? That's not a delayed reaction to the onions. You're crying. You're crying. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to me. You're crying. Don't blame it on the onions. And she says, I wasn't interesting and he was interesting. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I'm reading it like a normal person. She says, I wasn't interesting in italics. And he was, full stop, interesting, dot, 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 and brilliant, dot, 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 and mysterious, dot, 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 and perfect, dot, 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 and beautiful, dot, 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 and possibly able to lift full-size vans with one hand. (laughs) I'll tell you one thing. Stephanie Meyer loves a dot, dot, dot. She loves a dash. She says, I'll leave him alone. I would get through my self-imposed sentence here in purgatory and then hopefully some school in the Southwest or possibly Hawaii would offer me a scholarship. I focus my thoughts on sunny beaches and palm trees as I finish the enchiladas. (laughs) Again, with the self-imposed sentence in purgatory, like you could have just gone to sunny Florida with, with old mate Phil. And so then she says, Charlie seemed suspicious when he came home and smelled the green peppers. I couldn't blame him. The closest edible Mexican food was probably in Southern California. So, so Charlie's never had Mexican food. What the, what the, like, I understand there might not be a Mexican restaurant in Forks, but surely you can get like a a frozen enchilada dinner from, from their Woolies, their version of Woolies, whatever that is. Like, surely he's made a burrito before. Are you kidding me? Not even a taco? And then she says it's so brave of him to take the first bite. (laughs) And then, and then he slowly trusts her in the kitchen. (laughs) Like it's just, it's just fucking enchiladas. And then she's like, oh dad. And he's like, yeah, Bella. And she's like, I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to Seattle for the day, a week from Saturday, if that's okay. And she's like, I didn't want to set, I didn't want to ask permission because that sets a bad precedent. (laughs) It's It's your dad, you're a child. Ask permission. And he's like, well, why? And she's like, well, I want to get a few books. And she trash talks the library and forks again. Um, And he's like, well, the truck's probably not going to get you very good gas mileage. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stop at Montesano and Olympia and Tacamo if I have to. And I'm like, are you really going to fill up your truck three times to get to Seattle there and back? That's crazy. And then He's like, are you going to be okay? Seattle's a big city. You could get lost. And she says, dad, Phoenix is five times the size of Seattle. And like, is that true? I'm going to do some fact checking. All right. You can't say Stephanie Meyer doesn't know a way around a Google search. Seattle has a land area of 217 square kilometers. And Phoenix has 
a land area of 1,338 square kilometres. So yeah, about five times. Good for her. Good for Stephanie for doing doing her research. She's got, she got me there. Benefit of the doubt to Stephanie Meyer. My apologies. My apologies. And then Charlie's like, will you be back in time for the dance? And she says, grr. <laughs> like that's the, that's the sentence. G-R-R-R. Grr. <laughs> Only in a town this small would a father know when the high school dancers were. And then like she put father in italics. And I'm like, men are allowed to know when dancers are, Bella. Fathers are allowed to take interests in their children. None of these gender stereotypes that only mothers know when school dances are. Get get that binary logic out of your brain. Then she says, no, I don't dance, dad. He of all people should understand that. I didn't get my balance problems from my mother. <laughs> so firstly, she inherited her balance problems from her father. Didn't know that balance and clumsiness issues got passed down genetically. And also apparently Charlie's clumsy. First time hearing of this. Are we happy that the chief of police in Forks is a clumsy guy? He was right to be taking the bullets out of his gun if he's that clumsy, as clumsy as Bella. Just we're, we're learning new things all the time about good old Charlie Swan. So the next morning, she goes to school. She parks in the furthest spot away from the silver Volvo because she didn't want to put herself in the path of too much temptation and end up owing him a new car. Like She really wants to run that car off the road. And then she fumbles with the key and it falls into a puddle at her feet. It's just, she's always dropping something. As she bent to get it, a white hand flashed out and grabbed it before, before she could. And of course it's Edward there with the keys. And so I feel like Stephanie Meyer's like, oh, how do I get them? How do I get them to interact? I know I'll make Bella drop something and he can pick it up. Like that's just high class romance. And she's like, how do you do that? And he's like, do what? And she's like, appear out of thin air. And he says, Bella, it's not my fault if you are exceptionally unobservant, which is very rude. And he's gaslighting her again. But sorry, he says it. His voice was quiet as usual. Velvet, muted. I don't know how to do that, but velvet. So, and muted. How can your voice be muted? Okay, Okay, so it would be, Bella, it's not my fault if you are exceptionally unobservant. I'm not sure you can be velvet and muted at the same time. Uh, So she scowls at his perfect face. Oh, oh, guys, eye update. Eye alert. His eyes were light again, a deep golden honey color. So she says, why the traffic jam last night? And he says, that was for Tyler's sake, not mine. I had to give him a chance. And he snickers. Okay, he is a snickery person. And she says, you. And she gasps because she can't think of a bad enough word. (laughs) And he seems more amused. Okay, so no, Edward is, he does have a sense of humor. He is always laughing. Oh, and so then she makes a joke being like, what are you trying to irritate me to death since Tyler's van didn't do the job? And then anger flashes in his tawny eyes and his lips press into a hard line, all signs of humor gone. And then he says in a low voice, cold, Bella, you are utterly absurd. How do you do a cold voice? Bella, you are utterly absurd. That's it. And... Her palms tingle because she so badly wants to hit him. (laughs) And then Edward says, sorry, that was rude, but I'm not saying it's not true, just that it was rude to say it. And she's like, why won't you leave me alone? And he's like, oh, I wanted to ask you something. And she says, do you have a multiple personality disorder? (laughs) She's a bitch. And he's like, oh, you're doing it again. And she's like, fine, what do you want to ask? 
And he's like, I was wondering if a week from Saturday, you know, the day of the spring dance. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh, uh-uh. She's like, are you trying to be funny? And he's like, oh God, let me finish. So she bites her lip again. She's always biting a lip. And he says, I heard you say you were going to Seattle that day. And I was wondering if you wanted a ride. And she's like, oh, what? And I'm thinking, why are you not questioning how he can overhear all of these things? And why is she still not questioning the incident from last week. He was one place and then he magically appeared in the in, in next to you. And she's she knows it's strange. She knows what she saw is true, but she's not thinking like options. Like she's not thinking, hmm, what is he, the flash? Like she's not thinking what's 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 being bitten by a radioactive spider. Like where's your brainstorm list of things that could be explaining what's happening around you? But she's just, no, she's not thinking about that. She's not thinking about that. She's not bothered. And so then Edward asks her if she wants a ride to Seattle. And he's like, and she's like, what? And he's like, she says, with who? And he says, myself, obviously, enunciating every syllable. (laughs) Edward's a prick. (laughs) Edward is a prick. Like, is this his idea of flirting? Like, we know that Edward's like apparently obsessed with Bella and like in love with her, wants to protect her and like is obsessed with her, blah, 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 blah. But this is how he talks to her. Myself, obviously. (laughs) Stroppy little bastard. (sighs) And so she's stunned. She's like, why? And he's like, well, I was going to go to Seattle anyway. um, And your truck probably can't make it. And she's like, my truck's fine. Thank you very much. And I was like, well, you could barely wind down your window a little while ago. And also you said you're going to have to stop in three cities to fill up on petrol. Like, I don't know if it's fine. And... He says, but can your truck make it there on one tank of gas? And she says, I don't see how that's any of your business. And then Edward has the best comeback ever. And he says, the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. Ah, that's just so true. That's just so true. Put that on a bumper sticker. And she says, honestly, Edward. And she feels a thrill go through her as she says his name. Ugh. She said, I can't keep up with you. I thought you didn't want to be my friend. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. He said, I said, it would be better if we weren't friends. Not that I didn't want to be friends. And I'm like, can you not see how that's a mixed message, Edward? Are you not getting that? And she's like, oh, well, thanks. That's all cleared up with heavy sarcasm. And she says they're under the shelter of the cafeteria roof now. So she could look in his face like this is it's raining all throughout this conversation, by the way, I'd be like, Hey Edward, you know what? Let's just have this chat inside. I'm getting rained on. No mention of an umbrella. Why doesn't she have an umbrella by the way? Like you're living in the rainiest town in America. No umbrella. Fucking idiot. And he says, no, well, it would be more prudent for you not to be my friend, but I'm tired of trying to stay away from you, Bella. His eyes were gloriously intense as he uttered that last sentence, his voice smoldering. Okay, so that's more. But I'm tired of staying... (laughs) But I'm tired of trying to stay away from you, Bella. And then she can't remember how to breathe because he was so smoldering. (laughs) And he says, all right, look, will you go with me to Seattle? And she still can't speak, so she just nods. And then he smiles... And then his face becomes serious and he says, you really should stay away from me. I'll see you in class. (laughs) This prick is just throwing curveballs at her. You know what? You really shouldn't be my friend. 
Um, but I'm tired of staying away from you. But like, you really shouldn't be my friend. It's in your best interest not to be my friend, but come with me to Seattle. And then she's like, all right, I'll come with you to Seattle. And then he's like, well, you know what? You, you should really stay away from me. Mixed messages. And I just love how he's like, you should really stay away from me. I'll see you in class. <laughs> it's like, so you're acknowledging that she can't physically stay away from you when you have class next to each other every day for an hour. So then he turned abruptly and walked back the way we'd come. So I guess he's going back into the car park in the rain while she's going to class. Unclear what that's about, but that's the end of the chapter. I mean, a bit of fluff, a bit of fluff, a bit of teen, teen drama with like asking people out to a dance. Like it's a, I thought, what are we watching Riverdale? Um, and then next chapter is called blood type. Ooh, it's nice to get a mention of blood there. Um, maybe this is when she finds out he's a vampire or she puts it together. It's about bloody time because all of this speaking in riddles that he's doing and, and the, you know, don't be my friend, be my friend, don't be my friend, don't be my friend, be my friend, I love you. Like, it's just, it's tiresome. So let's get, let's get bloody to it. So that's the chapter. If you've got time, please leave a rating and a review. Um, and if you have any burning thoughts on the chapter invitations, I'd love to hear them. You can send me a tweet at pod breaking down, or you can send us an email at breakingdownpod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you and thank you. See you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.